This is Father Bonaventure Chapman. And this is Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic. And welcome to Godsplaining. Thanks to all those who support us. If you enjoy the show, please consider making a donation on Patreon. Be sure to like and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic. 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 We've known each other long enough that you know how I to know, pronounce it. I know, but I don't usually name. say your last name, Father Jancic, you know. Yeah, we don't do so. that. Yeah, that's a seems like a diocesan kind of thing to do. Yeah, people. Well, you're in a parish, though. You probably do you get a lot of people calling you Father Jan, Father Jancic or Father Jancic. No. Okay, that's interesting. No, people struggle with the double name, which is fair. Oh, they might call you Father Bertrand, or just Father Jacob, or they'll say, "Do you do you want both names?" They do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna like cast you like anathema if you don't. But yeah, yeah, but they don't know. They don't go straight to the last name. No. I get Father Chapman. Like but Father also, Pine. my last name is is a lot. It is it's just consonants. It's Polish, yeah. so it has. So it's a little less. Um, what like easy? To yeah, use? pleasant. I I've all, I described <laughs> Polish. I, I've I've given so I've given <laughs> a homily. <laughs> I've given a homily in Polish before, and I use some of the words sometimes. You've given a homily in Polish, correct? Um, and it's a. It's a language, it's a bit like going across a desert with no water. I don't, I'm really not interested in your describing it. I'm much more <laughs> interested in the fact that you don't speak Polish. Yes. And you've given a homily in Polish. Sure. Not, not sure, like, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So, uh, well, I, 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 uh, so I have a devotion to St. Faustina, and so I say Mass at the Sisters uh, of Our Lady of Mercy convent on a regular basis. Got it. And their general, their mother superior was coming into town to visitate and all this, and she doesn't speak English or doesn't speak English well or something yeah. like this. So, um, so I I said, well, I guess I'll I'll have to preach something in Polish. So I so I wrote the homily and then I I threw it through a, a different translator than Google, um, and then kind of worked out from that translation like narrowed it down because I've gotten used to some grammar parts of Polish. And then I sent it to one of the sisters and had her like read it out loud, pronounce it, and check it one, and then read it out loud, and I just kind of memorized it. Um, so I was, so I this knew the, the words. Strange yeah. thing that I've ever heard. So it was, yeah, it was great because she was, yeah, she was listening uh, to the English and someone was like translated and I said, don't, no worry, it's coming. Um, you should see it. It's just, there's some of the language is hard. Uh, but the thing that I find with Polish is again, back to my, de- my description, it's like a desert with no water and whereas cons- cons- where vowels are the water and the consonants are just the sand. So you'll see words like your last name and others that have six consonants in a row. And it's just like, it's parched. Like, how do you, how do we even go there? Yeah. Or I guess from your background, because you were a runner, right? It's a bit like a steeple chase, a hurdle chase or something like hurdles, where there are a bunch of them put next to each other. Yeah. And you think, how in the world am I going to, like, I can do one, I need a break and then another yeah. one or something. Like they need to be at least five inches apart or something. Yeah. Um, but they are smashed together, and it just seems it is so hard. Um, but it's it's there is something delightful about the language. I'm still trying to like comprehend and imagine in my mind what that was like. Uh, it so. probably sounded like an Italian speaking German, but it was Polish. Yeah, but it was Polish or an attempt at Polish. Yeah, uh, she said it was. She said it sounded all right, and some of the words even sounded like they were genuinely Polish did, words. Did they understand what you were? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you simplify it so it's like a. A ten-year-old speaking, so you just yeah. focus on the key distinctions and all that. I mean, anybody could do it. It's not difficult. Fair, you maybe. know. It's just when you get like five <laughs> or six or or 
at the third because you get this kind of feeling of momentum and you're like, yeah. oh, I've got this. Yeah. And then like three sentences in, it's like you've gone too far out yeah. and you can't swim back and you're like, I just have to have keep to going. Yeah. Even though I'm starting to real, I'm starting to get like worried about so many all these consonants in a row. But just that's why I just memorized and just tr- kept repeating it over and over again. Yeah. To trust my sound. My so my last name as as this conversation has what displayed display is, Sh- is Polish. Yeah, it's Polish. It's Polish. It's Polish. It's like Japan. My my father's father was Polish, and yeah. my father's mother was German. Uh-huh. And so my dad grew up speaking Polish in the house. Oh, but when wow. my grandfather died bef- just before I was born, a few months before I was born, so I, I never met I never met him, but. Once my grandfather died, my grandmother never spoke Polish again. She learned Polish like oh for him for, the, for yeah. him basically. And so she always spoke when her a number of her siblings also immigrated. So when they were like my great aunts and uncles were around, they all spoke German. Um, so I grew up hearing not never speaking Polish or German, but, but hearing, hearing the German. German around when they were together. Yeah. But my dad grew up speaking Polish. It's this weird. Yeah, I mean when people. People, hey, Americans don't speak languages, Europeans do. So no, it's like, it wasn't weird for them, but it was yes. like kind of a spoke Polish for X number of years. And then we're going yeah, back to and Germany. that's Yeah, and that's that's the story of your life. And it, yeah. that explains, that's a window into it. The other thing about Polishness, though, is sadness. Um, and that is, <laughs> look, if they don't have any consonants, you can make a hard transition. All right. Um, <laughs> because we're not doing an episode on on you know Polish and speaking Polish and and the beautiful beauties of the Polish language, um, but of course on the deep sadness. And if your country just always disappears every fifty years or something, um, then it would be including. The so, Poles have suffered. They have suffered an invasion or two. Um, yeah. They have suffered an invasion or two, and they and they, they have been martyred. Uh, and there's uh, Dominicans have a great Polish tradition, but we're talking about sadness and whether it is okay to be sad. And we got yeah. the two kind of melancholic guys to do this episode i'm not melancholic oh, in yeah? the least oh really not in the least well, i've t- what they're not myers-briggs what are the te- the like uh of temperaments test temperament test well what are you i am sanguine choleric or choleric sanguine depending oh, how honest i am in answering fascinating the i think i project choleric but i but sanguine is pretty pretty close but I would Sanguine. say, yeah, I'll say this though. You might be right um, because I think the last time that I've taken a temperament test, like just the stupid yeah. online yeah, stuff, yeah, sure. um, it's been a good while, like maybe 10 years. Yeah. And so I would be curious uh, to know if have what's changed on what's it. Yeah. changed. Yeah, and I, don't, I bet you got a shade of melancholy in there. I probably do. I'm not phlegmatic in the least. Yeah. Um, so that'll never happen unless yes. I have like some traumatic brain injury yes. and like there's rewiring yeah. and stuff. Phineas but gauge kind of event. What gauge? Phineas gauge. So a worker yes. in the 18th century, shaft goes through his head. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm familiar with him. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's, but in any case, I, okay. I've i never been labeled by an online quiz as melancholic, but I okay. I, I won't say totally that might, well, that's not true. Well, I want to get back and I want, at the end, we want to talk about why it might be reasonable that you'd get a touch of melancholy because that might be a good disposition or part of the human condition, at yeah. least in sometimes. But before, uh, just a question, I think, People think sometimes that sadness and associate sadness with negativity. Uh, and we thought we'd do an episode on talking through what emotions and sadness and and what it might mean and what whether it should be avoided or what about there are just some people that are kind of sad and mopey. Um, and it's not always a, 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 a something that's happened because of circumstances, but personalities, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This seems like a good since I think in general, we don't do our emotions well in America. And especially in the faith, we tend to think that emotions are 
automatically a bad thing. And so a lot of confessional material is, is, is like being angry or being emotional or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that we, that we talk about like sadness as an emotion and then as a character trait, and then maybe as a psychological disposition or a disorder even, and talk to those things just to get some distinctions down there. Yeah. So, and you can bring in your great pastoral a advice. Of, a lot of sad people too. I think sadness is pretty, yeah. Uh, I don't know. And I never, one time in your life at some, if you haven't been, yeah, yeah go ahead. I was just like, I don't like doing like in our day or like in this, you know, cause I think human history mm-hmm. repeats itself in, yeah. in, in ways and human That's beings fair. are pretty much the same. So are there like exaggerations of certain traits in, in like human history at different times? Yeah. Is this the worst time we're living in? No. Is it the best time? No. Will it be worse and better times? Perhaps. Probably. Yeah. Um, but, but it does that. seem that a lot of our contemporary, that there's, mm. there's a threat of sadness. And I also don't like talking about like the pandemic and stuff, but I do think that's had a big effect yeah. and et cetera. So it's, it's not a sort of random. So if you describe, thing. yeah, if you describe sadness, um, as an emo, like what, what do we, what do we want to think about with sadness? Would you think, what are the I things mean, we, what distinctions are, what kind of, what are we targeting here? Yeah, that's, 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 I think requires a lot of distinction um, mm-hmm. because there's a lot there. I think in some ways, or at least a helpful way to begin to categorize, at least for conversation's sake, yeah. is to consider sadness. What I would what I would say under kind of three large umbrellas, mm-hmm. and perhaps there are more, perhaps there are fewer, sure. and perhaps we can distinguish like a ton under each. But I think the first, and, and perhaps it's just that emotional. Mm-hmm. reality like the emotion yeah. of sadness like something in your life that causes sadness um something that is and it's warranted in that way it's like oh yeah this is a bad thing or a difficult thing and mm-hmm. it makes me sad yeah um there's that sort of reality uh there's the other the uh, sort of spiritual sadness this is what mm-hmm. i would say it's like a number two oh, yeah. yeah quality yeah. or something yeah where it's just a sort of like ennui yeah. Is that a word? That's a word. It is a word. Yeah, it's it, a French word that none of us know what to do with. But yeah, yeah, you can use it. So in let's a just Polish pass homily. it off. Yeah, um, but a sort of like spiritual sadness where it's or where, or where it's more of kind of like a disposition to yeah. just being kind of a temperament or some yeah. personality trait or some kind of it's getting at an aspect of the quality or aspect yep. of the person's soul. In a and way. I think in that too, that that can be neutral and perhaps we'll talk about. But it also yes. can like fall into pitfalls and oh, be sure. exaggerated. Yes. And the third kind of umbrella. So we have like response to a thing, an external thing, a yep. sort of temperamental reality. Yeah. And the third, um, I would say, I don't want to be like super heavy or um, like make just a straw man, but the sort of like uh, like a, a mental condition, like depression or anxiety, depression of, that sort of thing yeah. where it's, yeah. um, um, where it's I, more of a, not an illness, but in that kind of yeah. thing where, you know, someone's suffering with a particular mental difficulty where like depression, anxiety, these sort of things. So I, I yeah. think of it in those kind of three terms, like yeah. external thing, temperament, and then like yeah, depression, we could do, anxiety. Yeah, physical, we could do physical for the external kind of the sen- emotion part, and then uh, spiritual for the temperament kind of thing, and then maybe psychological for that. Yeah, that's the good so let's do the yeah. let's do the physical, then the emotional thing. Some people might think, um, is it is it okay to be sad in this way? Like, we're Christians, you know, we're, 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 we're Catholics and Christians, and we have a sense of God's providence and things, so... If something bad happens, like why should I be sad? You get this some with you've I'm sure celebrated many funerals at this point as pastor, um, as some we've probably all experienced and done some of these. But feeling sad, and you have the sense of oh, should we, should we feel sad? I mean, this was uh, if you have a a person who died after a a, a, a faithful life, um, and as far as we can know, we keep praying, but we hope in God's mercy and the signs are good. I've received last communion, viaticum, and all this kind of stuff. Um, 
And you might say, oh, well then, yeah, sadness is not, is not a fitting emotion. For, it might have been good for the Greeks, but it's not enough, or the atheists, or the pagans, but it's not a fitting emotion for, for Christians and believers because we know all things are going to turn out okay. So why, so shouldn't this be, a, should this be an emotion that we should avoid, or what does it mean to have this emotion and integrate that into our, our lives, would you say? Yeah, I think, I think of it in these terms, and, and that the, like what Christ proposes in the Christian life, and as you were describing, you know, like, especially if someone dies, hope for the resurrection and, and salvation and these sort of things, is kind of a, found, it's, it's a foundational reality, mm -hmm. um, and it's one that that ought to define how we live our lives and that sort of thing, but it doesn't negate the sort of more kind of surface level emotional reactions to things. Um, yeah. So like if someone you love dies, for example, like do we hope in the resurrection? And as you've described, it's yeah, of course, but our, it's also the case that this person's no longer here, mm -hmm. we're separated from them. Um, they might've suffered, you know, like they're yep. in their death or just in, in dying and these sorts. So, um, I think here it's a both and. Yes. Um, it's a both and kind of reality. Um, so I think that's a good way to think about it and mm -hmm. to recognize that emotions in this way, sadness included, are reactions to external things. Yeah, and, and, and reality. Yeah. And reality. Yeah. And it is the case that you can hold both. Like I think someone who would say, well, you're Christian. Why are you sad that someone died? Don't you believe it? It's like, I do. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why there's like a reason not yes. to be despairing. That's but good. But like this person is also gone and I love them and they're not going to be here in my life anymore. So there's a sadness at that. At yeah, that I think the emotions are are a key sense of way into realism. Yeah. It is to deny them their purchase on our souls is to deny a, a, a reality that we're conforming to. I think with sadness particularly, there is, although we know and we believe that we will see these people again, what have you, um, nonetheless, in reality, I will not see this person's face anymore. Um, so that, and that is a loss and a loss is registered by the emotions by sadness. If it's a loss of a good in right. this way. So to not have, and to come in and strong arm, you could say the, the emotions to force them to say something that's not true, to make in a sense, the emotions lie. Although of course, truth and fa falsity is in the intellect and make judgments of what's true and false in the sense though, still the emotions are registering truth that of kind of basic, as you say, external reality. And to deny sadness its its purchase on us and its purchase on reality is to deny that reality has a meaning to it and has things that are true and false. Yep. I think also about the situation of someone who's sad of you know losing something, like could be a job or a relationship or something. So not as not as serious as the death case. And someone might say, "Oh, don't worry, you know, God and His providence orders all things sweetly and wisely, and all of this, so you don't have to." You can be very happy about about this sort of. You could actually have the opposite emotion of what seems, and I think again it's a bit of uh, hoodwinking reality, our recognition of reality and the emotions which are given to us when properly ordered uh, to register yeah. basic truths. And one of the things too is is like to think about it theologically or philosophically or however we lump this and describe it is that like joy and peace, uh, which seem to be like. The opposite mm -hmm. of happiness are are effects of having that wit for which you long mm -hmm. for having that good right so like if that good is 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 not present like the joy yeah. and peace that is that that we search for that seems to be the opposite of, of sadness we can't expect that to be present mm -hmm. does that mean that like yeah. life is destroyed in all capacities and ways well, well no because we do have the hope of the fulfillment of god's promises but it's also the case that we can't force 
joy, peace, happiness when there is, you know, the thing that yeah. are, that are, that's part of us in some capacity, friendship, you know, a loved one, whatever, when it's not there. Well, it's exactly, and that's a good point. The, the sadness of losing something that in, in happiness and love, it's about union, about being united to the, to the loved or beloved object. And it would be strange to think that if sadness could be so tailored such that you wouldn't feel it if the one was missing, then you might think as a philosopher, I would think, oh, so the person when they're present isn't actually necessary. So my love for this person and my enjoyment of this person's presence, if I'm not some in some capacity, I'm not despairing, but registering a sadness, and it turns out I wasn't actually really happy with them, but just the feeling that they gave me, which I could kind of stimulate myself once I got used to there. So it'd be like if I was fr- if I'm friends with you as I am, um, and then I and then you die, and I say, oh well, that's okay. I spent enough time with them to know how to make myself feel happier with Father Jacob Bertrand. Um, yeah. Initially, I needed him to help me feel that way, but I'm good. And you could and but then you could think, well, maybe you could feel that when he's around. And so he's not actually there, which would be strange. So I think the you're right to say that this this issue of union and disunion is at the base of this. And union is about joy and happiness and this with the object. And disunion is the registering of reality missing from that. Yeah. So that's I think and I think those are often temporary. Sometimes it's sad for time and people the process of grieving, all of this necessary. Uh, let's go to the spiritual one though and talk about so this is a more less based, as you say, on the external based object base, you could say. But more, say, subject based on the psychology or the or the sensibilities, the temperament. Obviously, in the four temperaments, one of the traditional ones is is melancholia. So melancholy being a a kind of Eeyore character, um, a sort of everything's a little gray. Um, someone who's not quite as uh, jubilant and uh, excitable in this kind of thing. There's a staid uh, sense of the person. Um, what do we make? What do we make of the now the subject of you say the spiritual aspect of sadness? Is this something? Um, that is is good or fitting or acceptable or or yeah beneficial yeah or what to what to make of this guy so i think one thing i like to say when like talking about temperaments or dispositions or whatever Mm. is that like the melancholic person shouldn't that's not that's not immediately equatable with like being depressed Mm, yeah you know sort of thing it's it's just as you as you described it's just a sort of temperament and you know yeah not as excitable but you know whatever it might be it's not just a sort of like oh i'm depressed we don't want that's not melancholy yes um yes so save the psychological kind yeah exactly which still feels a bit like an it's like an internal external one yeah because it's something wrong you could say inside you but it's an objective feature whereas here we're talking more about the the spiritual subjective aspects of the soul that's good Yeah, and for me with all the temperaments but we're talking about melancholy it's kind of in itself and different, like my, my reaction to it is like, mm. so what? Like mm-hmm. this is, I mean, this people have their dispositions, their temperaments, and that's how it is. So it's less for me a question of like, in itself, is this a good thing or a bad thing? I no. just think it's a thing. Okay. And the question for me then is like, how does the person, how does someone function? How does a melancholic person yes. function? How does a choleric yes. person function or that sort of thing? And if if it's the case that, um, that like, virtue and goodness is pursued all the same, then it's like, mm-hmm. great. And that's yeah. just kind of the the baseline from which a person operates and, and kind of sees the world and engages. And if it's, if it, if it tends towards every temperament, it has its pitfalls and where, where it might mm-hmm. tend wrong yeah. or in excess or yeah. defect or whatever. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, if it's, if it's tending toward the good and like, you're great. If it's not, 
then yeah, yeah. probably not. And I think a, a big thing here with with melancholy a melancholic person or whatever temperament is, is, is you mentioned reality a couple mm-hmm. times is recognizing it's like okay I am well we talked about me I at least the last time I took a test I'm choleric sanguine in some yeah. relationship there so like how does that I think it's kind of like self knowledge they're mm-hmm. entering into the yes. self knowledge a little bit okay so I'm choleric which means I'm much more easily like annoyed or kind of aggressive in my relationships or like straightforward and like sometimes that's not a good thing so mm-hmm. how do i interact in different yeah. settings or even with myself um knowing that like i'm given to behave this way yes or to read a situation this way so i think same same thing for the melancholic person i don't know you're yeah. probably more i'm more on the melancholic yeah. scale and i think one of the aspects of it is i think there's a certain thoughtfulness that is more native to a melancholic mm. Uh, person than say a sanguine a sanguine person um because I, there's a sense in which the the melancholic person doesn't keep take his eyes away from reality there are tragic and difficult aspects to reality we don't always get what we want at christmas um and things don't things don't always work out and you might even think there's a lot of room for tears uh, in this world not again overwhelming kind of the the despairing and despondent but the person who gets a sense of staying with the uncomfortability of some situations and and the world. And the melancholic person is inclined to stay with that uncomfortability, to be there and say, uh, I, I can't turn this around quickly. I can't make this a different a situation. I can't fix this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to cover over with it. I'm not going to candy it or look on, the, look on the brighter side, this sort of thing. That was sort of Pollyannish uh, aspect. Now... That means that I think melancholic people give a sort of depth, you could say, and a richness to uh, reflections on reality. If you had only melancholic people, I think, then instead you would have a world where no one ever got excited about anything. It would just always be the tragic dimension of life, which there is. So I think it's good to have also necessary to have the other side of things to bring out the melancholics from their, from, from the, you know, the, temptation to kind of go darker and darker rude a little bit yeah exactly it can become i mean you can get melancholics artists are a lot like this it's a sense of when you go into the depths you might realize at the end of the day there's nothing there and that's a tart and that's where the sanguine person comes out and says i've got i've got balloons and some candy corn yeah and that just make gets you through the next day and then the choleric person pops the balloons and exactly eats the candy corn and yes. i'm not sure what the phlegmatic the phlegmatic person probably just watches yeah i yeah i don't know that's something about the phlegm aspect but anyway i would say so i'd say that there's something about each of those temperaments brings out a dimension of the world which is true yeah which is true and some aspects of it should be brought out in different points and so the melancholic person the spiritual disposition you might think oh it's such a bad thing to have this or i wish i was as excited as as Jenny or whatever sort of th- you know whoever it might be, I just made up a name, um, and uh, I don't even know a Jenny, so I don't know why. I've said, whatever. Oh no, I do. Okay, um, but actually, you're given a personality, as you say. It's just that. Yeah. It's just where you are. It's just who you are, and you would be different if you were always excited about things, um, but you're not. Okay. So good or bad? I'm um, good. Or I think good, it's good. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it's it's what it is, and I think it's good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's go to the bad, though, or the dangerous attempt. And this is the the depression one. So sadness, yeah. which some people, because when people say sadness, they could mean the emotional side, they could mean the kind of dispositional character trait side, or they very oftentimes mean, mean like the psychological, the depression side of things. Yeah. So the psychological aspect of, of sadness here. And this we want to be, I think, 
um, more ruthless with, not in the sense of like, you know, depressed people get out of here, but in the sense of saying, actually, it's not a good thing to be depressed. You yep. might be depressed. There might be situations, of course, you know, you get a cold, you get a, but actually this is something that hinders your flourishing in a way that melancholy doesn't hinder your flourishing, but actually is to take an, be taken up the shape of that. Does that sound as a starting point? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I think like with all things, as you were saying, um, there, well, I, yeah, it, it depends on like what we're talking about in the sense of melancholy as a sort of temperament and disposition yep. or something that is like, yeah, I mean, a mental struggle and illness mm. and that sort of thing. And um, in that, in that latter category, we can't affirm it to be, to be a good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just can't. I mean, is there, does it mean that like somehow some, you know, people who suffer depression and, and whatever various forms, whether like clinically or yeah. less clinically or whatever, that, that there's less of a person? No, of course not. But the the condition of, of having a sadness that sort of governs life yeah. and it's kind of can be crippling in ways that we don't want to, you know, say there's and, and it is good there. And it is important to, to distinguish between, you might think if someone's depressed, you might say, oh, I'm actually a melancholic. But it is, this is a real distinction between the spiritual aspect of sadness and the psychological aspect of sadness, even though, of course, psyche and, and, and soul are yeah. related. But we mean the kind of, what we might say today, the psychological or the biochemical or whatever you might be, which requires or is oftentimes, very oftentimes helped through treatment, cognitive behavioralist treatment or analysis or or just uh, SSRI. And there's there are plenty of, of things out there that people can take um, to help with, with, with this kind of sadness that they ought not to have. Right. And it's not, again... A lot of times, it's just uh, a physical malady, and I think there's a stigma around depression that people don't want to say, oh, I think I might be depressed, so I should go and get checked out or something. And we live in the 21st century. We have the available at our, at our hands, uh, psychology, psychologists, psychiatry, a lot of tools that don't need to replace confession, don't need to replace all of this kind of stuff, don't need to replace God. Um, but also don't need to replace friends or friends or any of this thing. Like, yeah, yeah, but, but that there are some, there are some depressions that are very treatable with just chemicals and with, with things just like a vitamin in a sense for the mind. And I, I think that's for the person. I think they, that it's, that's a stigma point. And you have to get to a point where realizing it's okay to admit that and look into it. And if it is, uh, that's something that, that can be helped and aided by this, by these, these, uh, these medications, then there's nothing wrong with that. It's not your fault that you might be that you're depressed. It's just uh it's like it's not your fault if you have other chemical reactions, like you're allergic to certain things or something. Um, and I think that's people might be hesitant with that, but it's an important dimension to to realize that you don't need to be depressed. Uh, and you want to ask yourself, is my depression a character trait, or is it just part of my psychological makeup that I could be aided in, and right. that you won't be changed? This is the the promise. I think people worry that, well. But I'm part of it is my personality, and so if I go on this medication, it's going to snow me over and make me a different person. No one will recognize me, and I can tell you from people do not. Uh, they will you will be the best person as you ought to be. You'll still be melancholic, probably. It's not going to turn you into like the life of the party or something. Yeah. But you'll feel like there's no more weight, I guess, on your thinking. And sometimes depression can feel like there's a sort of languidness and a, a weight on my my life like i'm just walking you know through water yeah i think that's a good distinction too especially as we're looking at these three like the the physical external the sort of spiritual temperamental and then the the like psychological psychological, chemical um is is that two of them are um 
are in a sense natural. Mm-hmm. Like the first, the physical is, is a natural reaction to something. So their yeah. emotions are normal. Uh, the temperament is kind of how, I don't want to say oh, I'm made like this, but like yeah, it's part of, part of my soul personality and character. Mm-hmm. and character. But the third is not mm-hmm. in the yeah. sense of, um, you know, like it's in an accidental heaven, feature of me. Yeah, in, in heaven, yeah. You won't we won't that. suffer from depression. Whereas these two other ones, yeah, that's a the, good, you know. Mm, so it's it's that's a great point. And as you've described in other ways of like caring for that, getting getting help from whether it's talking with somebody, seeking therapy, counseling, if that's combined with medication, it's like that's that's there not to change something that is that is part and parcel of your identity, but something that's it's part of you because it's part of you, but it's also something that can be worked on yes. and, and perfected and alleviated in, yeah. in ways. That's a bit like both of us wear glasses, for instance, and it'd be crazy to These say. These are oh. fake lenses. Oh, fair enough. Just there for it is. the look. That's just for the look. Mm-hmm. Good. So some of us, like Kidding. myself, are blind. <laughs> but you think, well, they, you know, they, yeah, I mean, we can fix, I could say, well, this is the way I am. You know, I'm just going to like stumble around and get into car accidents all the time. You think, like, no, actually, your eyes ought to be in this other way. So yeah. glasses are fixed for that. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, folks, that's where we'll have to end it here on our episode of Polish Sadness. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening to this episode of God's Plain. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Like, subscribe, leave a five-star review. Uh, if you'd like to donate to the podcast through Patreon, just follow the link in the description. You can also follow the link in the description to the God's Planning merchandise and also the website that gives upcoming events. We have one to announce, of course, is the April 6th. There's a We're having a day event, a day of recollection at St. Patrick's Church. It's one of the Dominican parishes in, is the Dominican parish in Columbus, Ohio. So if you'd like to join on there, go on the website, uh, look, look up the details, and we'd love to have you on April 16th. So that's coming up. Um, but for now, please keep praying for us. We'll pray for you. We'll catch you next time on God's Plan.